child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away, and he was talking for I knew it. And as he grew, he'd say, "I'm gonna be like you." I'm gonna be Dad. like you, Dad. You know I'm, gonna I'm gonna be like, like you. you. Hey, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie, your boy Harbaugh Harge. Um, my man Corey's sitting in for Patrick. Patrick's on his way to the Moody Center, Moody Arena. Excuse me, Moody Arena. Uh, they play tonight. Texas basketball takes on Texas A&M Commerce. We will be getting off at six thirty. You will hear Craig Way and Eddie Orn on the call. It will be a big game for the Texas Longhorns. I know everybody wants to know what's the latest on Beard. There's not anything really happening. Um, his fiance came out with a statement on uh, Friday, I believe, is when we got the statement. The university said that they're not going to comment because they're still doing an investigation. She basically has said that she didn't she didn't want Chris Coach Beard to be fired. I mean, not fired, but arrested. And there's a lot more that went into it. He didn't. It's just a lot of hearsay. And I know that she came out with the statement, basically contradicting what the affidavit said from the police report. So there's a lot that's going on. The university is doing their due diligence to make sure that things are moving in the right direction. But as of now, he's still not reinstated. Coach Rodney Terry will be the basketball coach until further notice. And that's pretty much all that we have. I know that there's so many other stories that are floating out there, but I'm not going to go out here and comment on something that I don't have all of the knowledge about when it comes to Law and order. Um, that's not my job. That's We're going to always try to get as much information to you as we possibly can. But as of right now, there's not much movement or much has changed besides the statement that she came out with. And now the university is doing their job to do the investigating, their own internal investigation. But the team will play tonight at the mood. And, and this is where... Rodney Terry is going to have his opportunity to continue to coach and make big things happen. This basketball team is playing some good basketball right now, and we are going to continue to see them push for it as they get ready for Big 12 play. But right now I want to talk a little bit about this Texas football team and their opportunity to play in the bowl game at the Valero Alamo Bowl. And they had a chance to go to SeaWorld and have a little bit of fun. And I want to give a shout-out to my man Corey Mose over at uh, KVU. He had a chance to interview some of the guys yesterday and being able to to let loose a little bit. And I want you all to listen to this. So shout-out to my man Corey Mose of KVU. The word of the day is motion. You want to know why? Uh-huh. We at SeaWorld. Mm-hmm. About to swim with these dolphins. Mm, mm, okay. These dolphins in the ocean. Mm, okay. I'm Texas Longhorn. Yeah. We the ones that got the motion. Mm, okay. We have emotion like a tight end. <laughs> yes, Lord. She said we could take our stuff to the other room. Where the other room is? I'm going to tell you guys. Daughter. Uh, daughter Yuri was born here. How does it make same way we do. <laughs> <laughs> they are mammals. They melt, but they melt. So it works the same. <laughs> so basically, those guys are having a good time at the uh, at Sea World. They that were was having, Sean at the that, beginning. Sean yeah, Johnson. Yeah, yeah, Rojo was out there. He was the one that was giving you the breakdown of the water. 
versus the land is basically what it was. But it's good for those guys to go out there and be more relaxed and have a lot of fun and and kind of, you know, let their hair down, so to speak. Because during the season, we don't get a chance to see this side of them. We have our, our player appearances where we get a chance to interview the guys. Same thing with the coaches. This is the first time that PK um, – we got a chance to talk to PK during the season because he did, uh, Coach Sark doesn't have the coordinators available during the season. He's the one that handles all the, the meetings and all the conversations. So when you get a chance to get these guys away from that situation where it's not, you know, the coach speak all the time where you're always asking a question and they're answering it the way the coaches would answer it and not just letting it go a little bit. This was their time to have a little bit of fun. And the same thing with Rojo. I mean, Rojo's pretty much done at the university. He, he made his announcement over the weekend where he decided that he was going to forego his another season here at the University of Texas, and now he's getting that opportunity to get ready for the NFL. Uh, Bijan is also in San Antonio hanging out with the team and, and being that encourager and like Bucky was saying and I thought it was very poignant those guys are considered the leaders of the team but now we need to move to the next phase we need to have some of the other younger players the players that are still going to be here to take that role a little bit more seriously and have those opportunities yes it's great that they're there yes it's great that they're involved and they have done so much for the university that it's all understood but we also need to see some of the younger players get their opportunities to to kind of lead and be the ones that are heading in the next year because this is the year where we're looking for a lot of big things from this team. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about Quinn Ewers and the expectations for him and what we expect to see. We're going to talk about X-Man, who, by the way, was asked a question about next year as well, and he said, I'm just looking forward to Thursday. And basically the question was about him being back here next year. And he said, I'm just talking about – I'm just looking forward to Thursday, which – a lot of people, and I've been looking at the social media, people are like, why would you ask that? Well, the question is because the, the guy has been talking about getting in the transfer portal pretty much the entire year. So for the question to be asked is something that needed to be asked. When people want to know. Uh, he put, I did say uh, before we went on vacation, I did say his social media is back to normal now. His Instagram seems to have more pictures than when he scraped it, so to speak, where it was just one photo. Now there's more up there, so that's why people are curious to what's going on. And and I I I don't mind the question. I thought it was it was poignant and it was time timely because again these are opportunities where you don't normally talk to these players that often. You don't get that opportunity to have X Man in front of you. So when you get your chance to have those questions, you want to ask them. And it's I think it's very important to understand what we're going to be looking at going into 23. That's how I'm looking at this game. I think it's important for everyone that is going to participate because that gives you a leg up on next year. You've got film out there for the coaches to say, all right, he really showed up. He had great workouts this week. And Coach Sark even talked about the bowl preparation. It gets the younger players more reps. It gets them more time to get themselves prepared. And I think that's going to be a huge move 
for the Texas Longhorns moving forward. What are your thoughts about this game, Corey? Because I haven't had a chance to talk to you really about what you thought about the game coming up and what your expectations are. Are you looking forward to this bowl game as if it was a regular game or a bigger game compared to some of the others? I'm looking forward to it, not in the sense of a regular game. I'm looking forward to it more as a projection towards the future. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Quinn Ewers, you know, he is slated to be the quarterback one still next year, but obviously – you know, there's going to be a big elephant in town <laughs> come, you know, January and spring. And, um, you know, Quinn, had, he had an early good start to the year. And then, you know, you had the games against Oklahoma State, the games against TCU, where he was 17 for 39, 171 yards and a pick. Then after that, you play up against Kansas, play Baylor, and they're pretty much hiding him. They're, they're, they're running the ball a lot. And um, he only threw 16 passes and then 21 passes in those two games. So there's, it was clear that they were hiding him in those games a bit. So um, I'm looking to see what he's going to do, how he's going to perform, as well as, you know, the backfield. And I'm really high on the backfield. I think Johnson, Jonathan Brooks is a really impressive Me player. Too. Me um, too. I think Keelan Robinson's really explosive. I think they got some guys there. But, you know, when you're bringing in a top three recruiting class like they are this year, and they're bringing in those dogs, like Dion said. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones that they're bringing in that luggage, and it's Louie. So, <laughs> so the guys there – you know, I like that. They're like going to have to uh, show up. But, I, you know, I think they will. Um, Washington, I don't take them lightly personally. Um, you know, Rod and you you and Rod have done a great job breaking that game down. Um, from what I've heard, you know, their offense, they got a quarterback who's thrown for more yards than the Heisman Trophy winner. Absolutely. Um, more touchdowns than Bryce Young. Yep. So it's not going to be an easy task, but they are favored for a reason. I do think Texas has the better team. For sure. And, and that's one of the things, too, that you continue to look at. And we'll break it down even more. Um, as we, as we get into, get closer to the game. And by the way, we will be doing a pregame watch party and our pregame show. We will be at Lavaca Street Rock Rose this Thursday, starting at three o'clock with an hour of ball don't lie. But then the next three hours, we will jump into our pregame preparations and breaking it all down so you can be ready when you're headed out to the game or you can come and watch the game with us. We'll have squares again. Um, great time had by all. And by the way, it's the last football game of the of the season for the Texas Longhorns. So basically come and hang out with us and just have a good time. And the Cowboys will be on at the same time as well. So we'll have a lot going on. But as I look at this team as well, and we'll have Quan Cosby on at the bottom of the hour to talk a little bit about his bowl game experiences. By the way, he played for a national championship, but he also played in a bunch of other bowls, and he's got a ton of rings to back that up. But when I look at some of these younger guys, and just like you, I'm looking at the projection for next year. I'm looking at these guys like a Jaden Blue, like a Jonathan Brooks, but also on the defensive side of the ball. The secondary is going to have to show some things too. Deshaun Jameson, he's trying to play for an NFL contract. He's going to have to show up. They have great wide receivers at Washington. Their quarterback, as you said, has unbelievable numbers and is elusive in the pocket, and they like to score a lot of points. And by the way, they're 10-2. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're double-digit wins out there, and, and Texas is trying to get to nine wins. So there's so many things that are involved in this game that we continue to look at and try to figure out what's next for this group. That's something that I continue to say is if Texas can go out there, get to nine wins after a five and seven season, we'll see Quinn yours get better, see what he's done during this time to get his fundamentals back in place where he's being the quarterback that we all thought he was going to be. And again, he didn't have a 
terrible year. It was just we expected so much more for him. Then we got to look at the connection between he and X-Man and and see what Jordan Whittington, Jordan Whittington's going to want to go out there and put something on tape because there's been rumors about him as well. Is he thinking about going to the league, seeing what his what the NFL draft people are talking about? There's so many things that all of these guys are playing for, and I think being here in the state of Texas and the fact we keep forgetting because we're so spoiled. They didn't go to a bowl game last year. So they're playing for pride, basically, is we didn't go to a bowl game last year. Now we're here. Let's go back out here and put up some big numbers. Those are the things that I continue to want to look at. Those are the things that I want to see if these guys really want to be in the game. Those are the types of players that I am trying to watch to see, are you guys going to take the next step? That's the important part for me. And there's a couple guys kind of on the fence. You know, you mentioned mentioned Whittington, but they asked Jalen Ford, you know, what are you looking at for next year? And he kind of gave the answer, hey, we're just we're just looking at this game. He didn't really give a proclamation right. um, on what his plans are. And also, you know, when you take into account the 5-7 and seven season, that 9-4 and four is going to look a lot better than 8-5. and five. In the second year. Correct. And that's what I keep looking at, too, is like, hey, man, this is why we look at this game and continue to to believe in the fact that we have another opportunity to showcase our abilities. I've never been one of those guys that has been like, oh, we're here. We got to play it. Let's just go ahead and play it and go from there. No, that's the wrong attitude to have. And that's what people tried to tell us about um, Georgia. When Texas went to the Sugar Bowl, they had guys that had opted out. You're playing in a New Year's Day bowl game. You're playing in a New Year's Six game, and you're going to tell me, nah, I didn't really want to be there. Uh, We should have been playing for a national championship. Well, you're not. And that loss goes on your record. That win goes on our record or whoever's playing in that game. So for me, and unless you have a whole new coaching staff change, like, some of these teams are going through right now that are in these bowl games, okay, then I can understand some of the things that you're going through and trying to get through the game and we're just here because. But you're also, if you're playing for a new team, you're also trying to stay on the team. You're still trying to be a part of the coach's plan. So you you need to show something and put it on film. So I always think about those kind of things that it just it just drives me crazy when people say, well, they didn't want to be there. They didn't want to be there. Then don't go to the game. What do they always say? The big guy in the sky is always watching. Exactly. The, the film is going to be out there, especially if you know you're a senior and you're you're going to the NFL, trying to. or you're trying to. Right. You, know, you got that tape is going to matter. They're going to look at that. Exactly. So. And and you need to look at it as a last chance opportunity because you never know when your last down is going to be played. There are some guys that they won't ever play football again, and there are some guys that are going to the next level. So. You need to look at it as this may be my last game that I ever play. And what do I want to walk off the field? A winner by winning the game or my last game? People are going to say, what did you do in your last game? Well, I lost to whoever school. I just, I'm, I'm, I've just I've never been in that thought process of not wanting to be somewhere. Because if I'm there, I'm present. I'm going to be part of what's going on. I'm going to be part of the next level of football. And that is important for me. 
you know, I continue to look at that and I say, okay, Texas will have their opportunities. You know who else is going to have an opportunity? The Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are going to have an opportunity to play in the playoffs. They got a, they had a big game and a big win against the Philadelphia Eagles. And everybody wants to continue to say, well, they beat their backup. So Philadelphia beat Dallas in their backup with Cooper Rush, who, by the way, did, they didn't play well in that game. But you can also look at what happened in the Cowboys game and how they put up 40 points on that vaunted Philadelphia Eagle defense that we thought was going to continue to get better. Well, it didn't look like it got better, but I can also say that Dak Prescott played one of his better games, and I know everybody wants to look at the fact that he threw an interception early in the game. As Buck said earlier, he got that out of the way. They got the interception. They got the the points. They were up 10 nothing. Dallas came back from 10 uh, point deficits three times in this game. They were able to do that three times in this game, and that just showed that they still had the fight. They had the wherewithal to go out there and get that W. In clutch time, the defense decided to show up and make some plays. They turned him over, uh, Gardner Minshew, a bunch of times to this year, I mean this game, and the points came after the turnovers. But again, the Cowboys put themselves behind the eight ball, and they needed to make some things happen, and that's exactly what they did. You know, and speaking about Dak, um, six out of the last eight games the Cowboys have played, they've dropped 40. Like, yes. This is the number one scoring offense in the NFL. Very much so. Um, we all agree, you know, if you watch the Cowboys a lot. Um, Which we do. Those, you went to the game. Yeah, I, I was at the <laughs> Texas game. And, right. Man, two picks. It's like, God, what are we doing? <laughs> exactly. But, um, you know, it is those small mistakes, but I think a lot of people, they they watch a lot of Cowboys football, but maybe they don't watch a lot of the other games well you, you know interceptions are going to happen obviously yeah. he's thrown a lot of them but he's done man. he's way too many for the likings of a lot of people but I'm with you when you watch the game and you see how he's able to manipulate the pocket move around through for 347 I know he had the one interception but he threw for three touchdowns two to CD Lamb I think the other one was to uh, Michael Gallup in the corner, and Michael Gallup could have had another one. They've been arguing about the the sun and then trying to pull down some curtains up in that place. Jerry's like, oh, other teams are playing in there. Yeah, but the other teams aren't throwing into that corner like the Cowboys have exclusively lately. It seems like every game that they're playing, there's a pass in the sun at some point, and the guys look like they've never caught a pass in their life before because they lose the ball. It's just amazing to me that Jerry just doesn't want to admit that maybe we should do something about that end or both ends of the stadium where you can cover it up. But for them to go out there and play the way that they have, they have uh, Deron Bland getting the two, getting the interceptions and the way that he's been playing, and you're getting a chance to see this kid grow up right before our very eyes. He's the one that's playing a slot in front of uh, – Jordan Lewis, because Jordan Lewis had the injury. But there's so many other players that are needing to step up. And I really, they had a good game plan on the run defense this game for the first time in a long time. But they gave up 355 yards through the air, which is troubling. Um, Diggs fell for double moves again. But late in the game, he started being more fundamentally sound. Philadelphia, they were missing Jalen Hurts. But again, their quarterback throws for a 355. I think they were, they were okay in that game. I don't think he hurt them as much. He threw two interceptions, but he wasn't the only reason why they lost that game. 
No, and those interceptions were great plays, to be fair. Right. The curse one where he's jumping over the back. Exactly. And then um, the bland one where he's taking it away from him. I mean, I think you could argue Minshew's one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the league. Well, some people will look at you and say, well, what? But then you, you're right. You go look at his numbers and what he's done every time he's played, he's put up decent numbers. Again, he's, they scored. Somebody's texted in a little while ago um, that they only gave up 27 points because Dak threw the interception. And it's like, okay, they still gave up 27 points. Cowboys scored 40, and that's the bigger story, them scoring that 40. But the defense still, when you go and you're getting ready to play in the playoffs, your quarterback, your offense has to score points. But most importantly, your defense has to continue to take the ball away and not give up as many. We know in September, I mean, not in September, but in January and February, defensive teams win championships. Offenses need to make big plays to be able to make something happen. But the defense has to show up and continue to play well in the second half of the season. So the Cowboys are are trending in the right direction. But when you look at the overall thoughts and the playoff picture and how things are starting to shake out, it's a little rough for for the Cowboys when you start looking at who the potential players are when they get ready to play. You look at first round by Philadelphia still in the in the top top spot, but the Cowboys will end up being the fifth seed because of every other division. If they don't win the NFC East, then they're stuck at the fifth seed. It doesn't matter how many other games that they win because right now it would look like they would go to Tampa Bay which is crazy because they won 11 games and Tampa's below 500. Number three seed would be the San Francisco 49ers, and they would take on the Giants. And this was if the season ended today. And the 49ers would take the Giants, but the Commanders will get in at number seven seed, and they will travel to Minnesota to take on the Vikings if the season were to end today. And if you look at the AFC, Buffalo is in the driver's seat as the number one as of right now because they hold the tiebreaker against the Chiefs. Chiefs would be number two. Bengals would be number three. And the Jacksonville Jaguars would be number four. Number five seed would be the Ravens. And they are another 10-win team that would be going to a team that's below 500. And the Chargers, who won last night in a very ugly game, against the Indianapolis Colts. They have taken the sixth seed. They will travel to take on the Bengals. And the Dolphins still at the number seven spot as of today. But Tua Tangavaloa and what's going on with him, he may be out. He's in concussion protocol. And I think it'll be smart for them not to play him this week and possibly not play him the last week. Teddy Bridgewater will be a good game manager and might be able to get them through until Tua can get rested and they can find out what's really going on with him. But they will take on the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. This is uh, Football is so much fun right now when you start looking at how the finishes are and what games are going to matter and not going to matter. I think a huge game for the, the Cowboys this week when they take on the Texans on Thursday is the Titans game. And for them to continue to win and hope that Philadelphia loses. But this also puts them in a position to where Tennessee is tied uh, in the eighth spot right now at 7-8 and eight with the New York Jets and the New England Patriots. So there's still a position that's up for grabs, but if the Cowboys can beat them, that will pretty much knock them out of the playoff hunt, depending on what happens with New England and Miami this week because they end up playing each other this week as well. Yeah, I think that Jacksonville game is really going to uh, come back and 
be like, wow, Jacksonville beat Dallas to get in the playoffs, and then they could end up hosting the Chargers. Right. And I think that's a very winnable game for them. You talk about a cross-country flight. Yep. They played them earlier in the year and beat them like, I forget the exact score, but it was like 38-14. to 14. I mean, they smashed them. It was like week two or three. Um, the Jaguars beat the uh, Chargers. And then you look at the way T-Law is playing, really coming into his own. That, that's a very interesting uh, game in the AFC there. Right. And it, and that's the other part of it, too. When you start breaking it all down, it's just like, man, you start getting these teams away from just the every week thing and you're getting a focus. You start looking. Jacksonville is trending in the right direction. And I know San Diego – I mean San Diego. The Chargers, L.A. Chargers – clinched a playoff berth, but do you trust Brandon Staley or do you trust Doug Peterson? Doug Peterson. Right, because he's won a Super Bowl and he's been there and you've seen the turnaround. Just think about how bad this makes Urban Meyer look as as a coach. Okay, Urban Meyer or Hackett, which one's worse? I think they're pretty much the same people. <laughs> they're just bottom. They just, they're both at the bottom. Somebody that's not at the bottom is our man, Quan Cosby. Quan Cosby will be joining us in Rod's rant of the day as my man Rob Abers is out. But we'll talk to Quan about college football, the Texas Longhorns, and how's his golf game going. I know the weather's been cold, so he might not have been playing. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Top of the charts, Tuesday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Harbaugh Hards. You can follow me on Twitter at Harbaugh Hards. And that, who is that right there? The BGs? That's right. Oh, man. You got it. Yeah, see there? I'm, I'm, uh, I, I surprise myself every once in a while, but the BGs are a voice that I can always recognize for the most part. But joining us right now, and you will recognize this voice, joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, he's a lifetime Longhorn and a legend in the 254. My man used to play baseball, and then he came on the 40 Acres and was catching passes all over the place. He is the one and only Quan Cosby. Q. Happy birthday, man. Your birthday just came up, too, by the way. Happy birthday to you, my brother. <laughs> my man from the 254, I appreciate you, brother. And I appreciate that, man. It was a big one, man. I know. You know it's, it's wild because I don't. my birthday is so close to Christmas that I don't really – I appreciate it. Everybody's thankful. But I don't really think a lot about it. Don't have parties and all that. But, man, it's, it is different when that front number changes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does kind of make you think I, I, I a little think bit I've different. To, oh, it does. And I think I've been going to sleep at like 830 ever since. I'm like, <laughs> what is wrong with me? I think it really – something's going on. I'm staying up way too late uh, before, but now I'm going to sleep at 8. I'm like, only two days in? But, no, nah, man, it's good, man. I always love talking to my main man, my baseball brother as well, um, and uh, looking forward to a big bowl game in a couple of days. No doubt, no doubt. So, Quan, I wanted to ask you about that. Number one, I wanted to ask you about the bowl games and how important they are. I mean, most of the time, your entire time when you were at the University of Texas, all those games meant something, and and so I already know what your thought process was during that time. But when you start looking at these younger players in Texas, and I brought this up just a little while ago to Corey, I said, you know, Texas should be excited to be in this bowl game because last year they didn't go to a bowl game. 
and nobody understands uh, what it's like real. when you don't go to a bowl game and everybody else is playing in it. So they have that to play for. But there are also a lot of kids yeah. that are out there, a lot of players that are out there right now that are playing for positions for next year. So can you talk a little bit to what that means to a lot of these players? Man, you hit the nail on the head. Man. I, I, I feel like I'm a little old school, but now I really feel like I'm a little old school. Which, speaking of old school, but he looked like he's 20. Uh, uh, we got to give a shout out to Metcalf, who's coming down to the bowl game. Yeah. Which again, and, and it cor- it correlates to what we're talking about. You got Eric Metcalf, a Longhorn legend, legendary Longhorn legend, flying in from Seattle for this bowl game because of what it means to be a Longhorn. Um, and and I can't wait to hang out with him. Where I won't be taking them, I got to give my man a shout out to Jeff Cross and Occupy Left Field. I can't take them to them because uh, some of the things they partake in uh, <laughs> the shots. I, I I need Metcalf to make the plane back. So I, can't, I can't send them to Occupy and that crew. But um, dude, you know what? And I'm I'm actually gonna throw a little curveball on this. I think because you know I can't I hit them curveballs, man. Hey, when it when it has a wrinkle in it, it keeps you off balance. You know, I was thinking about this, man, because I think the game has changed a little bit. We did play for very meaningful games, but I was thinking about NIL era, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna go real old school because these cats. And I, I, you know me, I, I do think players should get paid. I think there's uh, the situation is a little jacked up right now with the portal slash NIL. But the donors, the people that are giving money to these players and that are opting out, I'm not going to lie. I feel a little slighted. I do understand that you have to do what's best for your future and all of that. But it's just, it, it, I, I'm in this real weird gray area of, I played for meaningful games. I played with my boys right next to me. That meant the world in playing in those bowls. I played in the Alamo Bowl. Now, I wasn't yep. a senior. I wasn't a junior. I wasn't leaving early. But I played in it, and it was fun, and it was it was developmental. It, it was big for growing our culture to the next year. And then, boom, what do we do? We go 12-1. and one. So I feel like there's so much value in a lot of these games for those who are going to play in it. But then you throw that NIL thing, I'm like, you know, you. I do want everybody to go to the league. I want us to have 80 folks in the league. But even that team that's playing you in the league didn't give you that Lambo. Right. So I, I just think it's a weird little dynamic we're dealing with right now from a bowl game and an opt-in-out piece of it. But I digress. To the guys that are playing, it's super important. We know that Quinn years, you know, missed uh, a couple of years playing the game. So these practices, him going to San Antonio, his development – it's so, so important. We saw Worthy flip the script, went to number one, now the card's gone. Um, you know, just all the above. Uh, you know, the running back room looks very different now. Mm-hmm. I just think that the old line is still young. So these bowl games are that important. And I say big bowl game. In, in, in theory, is it, is it the Final Four? Is it a New Year's? No. But it's a big bowl game from Texas for exactly what you said. We didn't go to one last year. Right. You know, and so this is a big bowl game for these young kids getting that experience and hopefully building on it. Right, and that's important for the next year as well. We're talking to Lifetime Longhorn, Quan Cosby. And, Quan, you know, I don't know how much film you got a chance to look at or paid attention to, but this Washington Huskies team has one of the most explosive offenses 
in the nation. You look at the quarterback, Michael Penix Jr. He came from Indiana, went up to Washington, and really lit it up. And this team is this team is a ten and two football team that is going into yeah. this bowl game as well. They have some top wide receivers, thousand yard wide receivers, and this is going to be a good test for that Texas defense. That has made a lot of changes. I mean, you can look at some of the things that Texas did on the rushing, and they led the nation in quarterback pressures. The The defense only gave up 3.3 yards per carry and 123 yards per game. I think they only had one running back go over 100 yards in a game over the entire season, which is amazing. But the secondary was kind of yeah. questionable at times. So when you're looking at this game, obviously Rod's talked about it talking about how the offense for Washington needs to attack Texas with the passing game and don't try to run it and then set it up that way. As a defensive back, you would be looking at this as an opportunity to put some good tape out there for yourself as well, right? Oh, man, and that's what I, exactly what I was thinking about, Harjee, is, is this This is a resume deal. This is film. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm from a 254. I played 2A ball, and as much as I get the process of the combine – it's about film to me. I want football players. And, and and I think this is an opportunity to show what you're capable of in all the stats that you and Rod always share in having another opportunity. You got a ten and two team in the Big Twelve. I mean the big in the Pac twelve that, that's coming to Texas that, that that we know the Alamo Bowl and I was just talking to about I think it's sold out. So it's gonna be a lot of burnt orange in there and and a, and a chance to show love. The fans are showing love. They're showing up. And and so Resume builder, you're in your backyard. You didn't go to a game last year, a bowl game last year. Building up for the young kids, young men for the next season. It's a million reasons it's time to show out. You, you, you're, what, eight and four? Mm-hmm. Uh, nine, that just hits different. Yep. It, it really does on, on a year where we, we all feel like we let some go. That's why we're not in New Orleans or the other places. But that nine and four season, what it can mean for momentum, what it can mean for Quinn to go out and have a great game, worthy to build on. You know, he he had a good season, but I think there was a little bit of step back from his freshman year. And then again, all those, you know, Jay Witt, just the many people involved. I, I just and then on the defensive side, we do have a little bit of doubt on the back end. Yep. Well, no better time than now to help your resume for the older cats, but to build and get PT and show out uh, from, from the younger folks as well. I remember every bowl game, speaking of the Alamo Bowl, that's where the Ryan Palmers came out, the, the B. Fosters. You know who didn't sit out is A. Ross. You know, I think he mm-hmm. had one or two picks. And so that's the, 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 the opportunity. And I'm pretty sure he was a first-round draft pick. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, yeah. That's an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty sure. Thor, first-round draft pick. <laughs> and um, that, that's where it gives them an opportunity, Mike Griff to say, uh, it gives them an opportunity to show what they can do on, on a stage, you know, prime time, 8 p.m. And, um, to, to, again, just get another win for, for, for your boys next to you and, um, and the staff and all those who, who – you know, rock with you from from Longhorn Nation. No doubt, uh, Quan. Before we let you go, I, I, what was your favorite bowl game, excluding the national championship game? Because I already know <laughs> that is the that is the mountaintop. You were standing at the top of the yeah. mountain during that time. But what was your second favorite bowl memory? 
Man, you know, it's 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 an easy one. Uh, those other ones are great. You know, I, I really love going to the Holiday Bowl and beating down, you know, Arizona State because Rudy Carpenter and them, man, they talk so much crap. I, it blew my mind how much stuff they talk. And, and Ragpo sacked them like 30 times with Roy Miller. And then, of course, even the Alamo Bowl, we played Iowa. That was fun, man. It was a Big Ten matchup, two good teams. But whooping Ohio State, uh, that's just, you know, that's just always fun. And the way it ended, uh, at least for, for me and Colt, and, and, and Colt had one more year, but to, to win that game in a fashion that we did versus a really good Ohio State team, um, it, it was next level. It, it was actually crazy. You know, Bianco's always throwing out this information that I I, I kind of know, but I don't know. And right. that's the last BCS win for, for UT. And, of course, the BCS era ended up changing. So to be a part of the last BCS win for UT and Longhorn Nation – it's certainly my favorite. Um, Arizona, Fiesta Bowl never, ever, you know, um, disappoints. So, man, that was so fun. We we took care of business, and uh, and it ended, it ended pretty cool too. It, it yeah. ended pretty cool. Yeah. What 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 happened at the end of that game? I'm I'm it's escaping me a little bit. Oh, you know, you know what? I tell you what, the worst damn penalty in the history of football, and. There's been some bad ones since then, but uh, no, nah, man, the way uh, we, we ended that one uh, with a touchdown, uh, it, it, I could try. I, honestly, and, and I'm being as honest as I get, I, if I wrote a script, it probably wouldn't end like that. So for it to work out that way um, with me being involved with it, it was next level to, to get the game-winning catch from Colt and to beat the Buckeyes. So, uh, yeah, that, that was pretty sweet. It's kind of like what you said about that nine wins. Winning, beating Ohio State just kind of hit different, if you know what I mean. Well, uh, you yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? You know that. Because the University of Texas whooped they butt. There it is. That's <laughs> what I, we always like to. I love it. I love it. There he is, my man, Quan Cosby. He will be down at the Alamo Bowl with, you know, another lifetime Longhorn, our man Eric Metcalf, who has graced us on these airways as well. Q, as always, man, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Definitely want to hook up with you again and uh, get your thoughts on how the game ends this week as well. Be safe out there, bro. I appreciate you, fam. Always love talking to y'all, man. Y'all the best in the business. We are fortunate to have y'all on our airways, baby. Welcome. I appreciate it. There he is, Quan Cosby, also from the 254, in case you did not know. We'll be back in just a minute and wrap that up and talk a little bit about what Quan had to say and get some more thoughts because Texas plays basketball tonight as well. Right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Oh, yeah. Top of the charts Tuesday. This got to be Hall of Oats. I can tell by the beat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, you're nailing these. I'm just, I'm, let me see it. This ain't Man Eater, is it? It is. No way. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there it, it is. is. Watch out, boy. She'll chew you up. I love it right there. It's your boy, Harbaugh Harge, and we're bald. Don't lie. My man, Corey, sitting in for Patrick Davis, who is headed down to the arena. 
By the way, it is called the Moody Center, for those that have been asking. It is definitely called the Moody Center. I know I've been giving you all kinds of names because there's so many Moody's in Austin, Texas right now. But this is called In the Mood at the Moody Center as they take on Texas A&M Commerce tonight. We'll get into that at the top of the hour because we're going to be getting off early at uh, 6.30 to take you to Craig Way and Eddie Orn as they do the pregame. But I wanted to bring this story up real quick. The NFL is trying to get rid of artificial surfaces, and it could cost the NFL $12 million. 14 of the NFL's 30 stadiums are playing on artificial playing surfaces, and converting them to grass fields will reportedly cost the NFL uh, $11.9 million. And the reason why is because there's been so many injuries that have been happening, and they've all been uh, equated to the artificial service. So here's the deal. In 2013, the NFL agreed to pay $1 billion, a $1 billion settlement to former players over concussions. In July, the league distributed its last payments towards the settlement settlement after pocketing $18 billion in 2021. All grass fields could alleviate any future uh, grievances over injuries due to the artificial surface. Now, converting all these fields, like I said, will cost $11.9 million. 500000 will go to the, de- 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 the demolition and new rock underlayment and irrigation systems. Another 350000 will be allocated towards the lay-and-play side. Um, some players are making it a mandatory, wanting it to be a mandatory rule about artificial surfaces and making it where it's all grass because they feel like it is a better surface for them to play in. The NFL also has to do this because you got to remember some of the stadiums that they're going to be playing in. And this was a conversation we had earlier where people were like, oh, you don't need to worry about it. You need to go out there and play. Don't try to change the league. Because I've been asking for uh, dome stadiums. They can be retractable roofs. But things like this are the reasons why I think you should be able to do that. Because if you're looking at some of the new stadiums that are out there and what's been going on with them, how are you going to try to make sure that the grass is good for you to be able to play on if if you're not trying to cover it up? I mean, it's a very difficult decision for it just... It just really doesn't make a lot of sense. And it's frustrating because if you start looking at some of the injuries that are happening, the torn ACLs, the torn MCLs, and even you playing on turf, you also, I mean, on on AstroTurf, you're also looking at some of these head injuries that are happening as well and the snapback in it. So it is something that the NFL is definitely looking into. There are so many things that are happening at this um at this league to where people are starting to say, we need to do something different. And that's exactly what they're looking at. They're trying their best to figure out what can we do next to try to make the game safer. And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with Bucky. You know, they're trying to make you play more games, but they're increasing the risk of you getting hurt. That's the dangerous part of what is being out there. So, this is something to pay attention to. If you start looking around and you start seeing some of your teams changing their field, this is why they're changing their field because they're trying to go more to the natural grass as opposed to having everybody play on turf. Pay attention, folks. The league is changing right in front of us. We'll be back 
to finish off one more segment because we're going to be sending you off to Texas basketball. We're going to talk a little bit about Texas basketball heading up right now on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.